Hey everyone, welcome back to the District 3 Podcast, episode 155. My name is Irvin. Um, I'm joined today by two friends who I've been wanting to have on the podcast for a while, um, so I'm glad that they're finally here. First, we have uh, Michael Wallace, who, um, what's the what's the uh, role that you have with Roots Up um, Politics? Is it a consultant position? So, yeah, I'm a consultant with Roots Up Politics, but... Uh, First in my heart always is my work with the Young Democrats. And you're the president of the Young Democrats. That's right. And you've been doing work for many, many years now. And I'm glad you're here alongside your friend Billy Cook, who's also been with the Young Democrats. He's vice chair of the Northwest Arkansas Young Democrats, does a lot of good work with housing justice, and he's the co-chair or vice chair of the Washington County Democrats. Uh, Billy, thank you for joining us, both of you, today. I know that, Micah, you had to drive down here, or is it up here? To, to get to this podcast today. Uh, that's right. Uh, I think a lot of people don't know this. So uh, I actually recently moved to North Little Rock. But Breaking I, news. Because <laughs> I didn't know until you told me. <laughs> yeah. But I'm really, really excited to be back in NWA. And uh, I'm happy that we're the 155th episode. Yes. Congrats on that. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And so you recently moved to Little Rock. Is it because of the job? Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, uh, pretty much it felt it felt like it made sense to be closer to kind of like the center of politics in mm-hmm. Arkansas, though I absolutely miss Northwest Arkansas and organizing with Billy in Washington County. I wish the capital was in Fayetteville or Springdale, right, Billy? I think like, you probably agree. Give it another 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get here eventually. Walmart's probably going to try to push it over here or something. <laughs> um, and uh, so y'all have, have known each other for quite a few years now. Um, y'all, I think y'all were even roommates once, right? That's right. <laughs> Twice. Twice. Mm-hmm. And how how do y'all how did y'all know each other? Was it college or what? How did y'all meet? Mm, Billy, I'll let you go for this one. So we met in the fourth grade. Oh um, shoot! So <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I was born in Gravit, uh, and then I lived in Bentonville until I was ten, and then I moved back in two thousand eight in the fourth grade. And Micah was the student ambassador at Gravit Upper Elementary School, who showed oh, me around. And uh-huh. I guess the rest is history. <laughs> Yeah. So you've always been in these leadership positions. Is there a, do, do, is there a reason you feel you're you're attracted to these positions in general? Well, I, you know, I'm proud to report that they actually selected the student ambassador. Okay. So to, well, uh, but uh, once I once I was given that opportunity, you know. Uh, it feels like everything made sense. And if I hadn't done that, imagine who would have showed Billy around the school. You Nobody. Know? <laughs> it could have been someone much worse. Who knows what you'd be involved in now? The president of the Young Republicans. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Couldn't have that. <laughs> and like going back to the whole like leadership thing, Mike, uh, I saw that I saw online that you had received some sort of recognition. I think was it the University of Arkansas for like for your leadership and your involvement. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, what that was? Uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, I, well, I graduated from college, it uh, feels like maybe like a year and a half ago, uh, in December, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I was a senior significance. I don't know if that's what you're thinking of. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, That yeah. was it. Uh, but they select like a couple of seniors that they, you know, they're like, watch them. So mm. that, that felt really, really great. And then I think what I'm most proud of, though, is uh, the chancellor gave me some distinction for being like an extraordinary woman in student leadership. Mm. So that, that really meant the world to me. Uh, and getting getting to, you know, be a part of the community at the University of Arkansas is just like there are so many amazing women and so many amazing students. So I was really grateful for that. And I think one of the things that we'll always bring in together is the Young Democrats just in general. Um, how did y'all start getting involved with, with the uh, Arkansas chapter? 
Um, Because I feel like, I don't know, for me, it feels like y'all have been involved for a lifetime. I feel like ever since I've known about the Young Democrats, well, maybe like a year or two years after I knew about them, uh, constantly I've just seen you all around like all the Northwest Arkansas events and sometimes even in like Little Rock and stuff. Uh, Yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, So I actually got involved uh, after I I met a boy at a chess tournament. uh, Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie, I might have had a crush on this boy. (laughs) Okay. and you know uh, he he was he was pretty involved in politics. You know my relationship with that boy didn't end up working out. We're still good friends, uh, but my relationship with the Young Democrats has been you know the best of my whole life. Mm. <laughs> so back. When, uh, I think we were in the 10th grade when we started the Gravit High School Young Democrats. Uh, <laughs> we had to go to our school school board, uh, go to our superintendent, and ask them if we could start a Young Democrats chapter uh, up there in Gravit. You know, Aces from Gravit, the Hendrens. Uh, they run a lot of things up there, so okay. it, it was kind of a it was kind of like a super conservative area, and we were really proud to have just as many members as the young Republicans there. So that's that's when, that's when we got involved, kind of 2016, and then since since then, if you go to school in Arkansas, there's probably a Young Democrats chapter there, or you can start one. So uh, yeah. we've been fortunate to stay involved in the Young Dems. And what do y'all think is appealing about specifically for you all? You know, y'all were raised in Gravit. Um, what's what was appealing to you to to be involved with the Democrats specifically? Why not Republican? In your case, like what was it? Was there like some sort of of moment where you're like, man, my morals align better with this party because of this? Is there something, uh, any kind of enlightening moment that you had? Were you Republican before? That's that's kind of what I what I want to know. Well, I imagine being raised in a small town in Arkansas by your religious family, sometimes some of that could imprint on you, and a lot of kids growing up will probably identify the way their parents usually identify. In a place like Gravit, though, I decided to be a a Democrat specifically because you look around and it's like, wow, no one around me shares my values. Mm. Um, And then the Young Democrats, I think, has been a safe space in a lot of small towns in particular for, you know, LGBTQ students, students of color, marginalized communities that can find a place, that, uh, find a home in the Young Democrats. And I think that that safe space in communities like that is really important. And you all started when in getting involved with the Young Democrats? Do you remember the year? June, uh, sophomore, the end of sophomore year. So that was 2015. Oh, because that was a chapter in Gravit. Well, uh, that's when we had to start the chapter and grab it. In 2015. And then as outside of high school, you just kind of transitioned from high school to just organizing with the Young Democrats right from the get-go? Uh, well, um, for, for me, my my path to politics was a little different, I would say, uh, in a, a, you know, kind of following up on what Billy just said, because I actually was not born in Gravit like mm. Billy was. I was born in Hope, actually, Arkansas. Uh-huh. And I, I went to kindergarten in a small town next to El Dorado called Smackover. And then we uh. then we moved up to northwest Arkansas. And I remember the debate about what school my parents were going to send us to was something that I remember even, you know, being that young, I was just really confused why there mm-hmm. would be any school that would be worse than any other school. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> they're public schools. Shouldn't they all have the same quality? And then my grandmother was really concerned about not having health care after uh, – the 2012 election, I think, uh, so or t- 2016, like primary election. So uh, that was all really, really important to me as I was thinking about doing politics. Uh, and then the Young Democrats, you know, offering this space that was like, you're a young person and you know enough to be involved. 
that was really, really exciting because I found a lot of times being in that conservative small town, people said, you know, you just don't know what you're talking about. Just wait until you get older. Wait until you have to start paying taxes. You're going to be a you're going to be a Republican. Mm -hmm. And that has not been my experience (laughs) at all so far. Uh, But I I will say that, uh, that, you know, doing the Young Democrats, what a lot of people don't realize is that if you're under 35, you are a young Democrat. And if you go to a county party meeting and you're under the age of 35, you'll probably feel that, you know, <laughs> you, might, you might feel that y- you are a young person in this room, mm-hmm. even even though, you know, even being 23, I don't really, you know, think of myself all the time as like, I am a young person, yeah. you know, because uh, it feels like I'm so much older than I was when we first started doing this, too. So I, th- I guess that's why the Young Democrats has always kind of been my home for political organizing is, you know, they're they're never going to say you're too young to know about this or you mm. are not ready for this. It's a place for young people to do politics. So until I'm 35, mm. uh, you'll you'll be seeing me organize with the Young Democrats for sure. I forget about how young you are, but you are seasoned already because <laughs> you all have been like in just in, involved in general, you know. And uh, sometimes, well, I know that me specifically, the way that I view y'all doesn't necessarily mean that I view y'all by, like, by age. It's just I, I view you by the good work that y'all have done. I've seen you all in circles that not necessarily are Democrat circles. They're just circles of helping people and, you know, places where, where people are in need and y'all are there supporting, whether it being, you know, knocking on people's doors, asking about uh, housing, asking asking renters for uh, for help. Yeah. No, not not asking them for help, but like <laughs> providing the help to them. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I'm just I'm really proud of like the people that you ha- are becoming and have been for quite a few years. Um, let's talk about uh, the Gravit chapter. What were y'all doing back then when it comes to like the <laughs> the Democrat chapter? What what could what could you be allowed to do back then in high school? Because I would think that like high schools would be a little bit more restrictive and opinion wise and yeah. Work-wise? Well, uh, I will say that the Gravit chapter also kind of served as like a gay-straight alliance and many different other things to provide community to students. Uh, but it, uh, we actually knocked doors in Gravit <laughs> for a little bit, which was a choice. We uh. did do that. Um, I don't know if we would recommend necessarily that uh, students do that now, but we did try our hand at it. And then what I particularly remember also about the Gravit chapter was coming to convention, actually, the Young Democrats of Arkansas Convention and getting to meet some wonderful state legislative candidates. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we had really only done presidential organizing, like during the primary, doing that sort of presidential organizing or statewide candidates. Uh, and we met some incredible legislative candidates like you, Irvin. Mm-hmm. Actually, oh, I got a Team Camacho shirt. At yeah, Wild I remember Camacho. that. Yes. I appreciate it. Thank you for the support on that. I think it was really cool whenever I got to go to my first one, yeah. the first convention. And uh, and I thought to myself, why did I never get involved with anything like this? Because maybe like right now, I don't consider myself like maybe full on Democrat. You know, I'm a little bit more to the left kind of. Yeah. But I relate more to the Democrats in the area than any other kind of political party, you know, and, and, and I've gotten to know a lot of these people and know how good people they are, which makes me want to be involved even more. But I was, when I went to the first convention, you know, I saw Joyce Elliott, who I looked up to a lot uh, because of her work with the Dreamers. Um, and I remember my my uh, my campaign manager, Ezra Smith, was the, the president back then of the Young Democrats. And... Um, I give him I give him flack nowadays because I I would tell him how strict he was and how and how mean he was sometimes but like he grew out of it and stuff but um, it was cool to see the people 
that the, these young people that just wanted to be involved in something bigger than themselves and they understood that the Democratic Party and, and like was doing good work, had good values, and they wanted to create some sort of systematic change through that. Um, that, that experience that you all had um, going to the state convention and meeting these uh, state reps, uh, was it all a positive experience overall? Yes. Was there, was there anything specifically, you know, looking back that you want to improve for the new folks that are coming in and maybe going, if there is a state convention, do, do y'all still do state conventions now? Because mm-hmm. I think y'all did it through like Zoom, right? Like the last, the last few? Oh, so we had our first in-person convention in the last few years, actually in April. And what are some things like looking back now, since y'all are in these leadership positions yourselves, that you are changing or would like to change, maybe from the way things were done years prior? Well, I can always say we need more people, always. We need more pe- more young Democrats willing to show up and more young Democrats that are willing to go out and help elect candidates and inform their neighbors. Um, so as far as that's concerned, we, we could always use more people at these conventions. And what do you, what is a, a good, like, is there is there any, any thought into, you know, what, what we need to do? And I include myself because I'm in these circles as well. What we need to do to just continue to get people not only involved, but maintain involved in these organizations because you know there's a lot of folks that come in sometimes and maybe um, they don't talk to the right person or um, they just become um, like they lose the motivation to continue getting involved with specifically political parties or chapters Um, what do we do what do we need to do now to continue getting these people motivated to show up because I feel like sometimes people lose interest really quick and that's a tough question to put you on the spot there. I told you I wasn't going to put you on the spot. <laughs> but I think it's important because there's people listening probably that are not involved with any political party or maybe they were before and they just lost motivation to do so. Well, Urban, uh, it's totally okay. This is what I think about when I lie in bed at night. I have my maintain <laughs> involvement from, from people. Uh, and I mean, right off the bat, if somebody shows up or if somebody says something positive to you, it's like they're taking their time to support what what the Democrats are trying to do in Arkansas, that's a huge step. Like, I think the first thing that we have to do is just be grateful for anything and everything that people are willing to do. And of course, we're gonna ask more because it, it's politics and we have to, and there's always more work to do. There's always another thing on the to-do list. But I just feel like showing our appreciation when someone shows up, de- you know, no matter what that means to them, mm. if that's sending a text or if that's making an hour of phone calls or doing door knocking in just their neighborhood, thank you for doing that. And I no. think that maybe there's this expectation from Democrats sometimes like, well, come on, we're fighting for you. And it's yeah. like we have to we have to show people that we are grateful that they show up for us and not just be expectant because we feel like we're we're fighting for people. There's a lot of factors to that, right? Because not only that, but then also just the trust aspect in general. Yeah. Like you can tell someone, like, I'm fighting for you, like, like support me. But then it's like, why should I trust you? Yeah. Because there's a lot of people in my past that have told me, not me specifically, but have told, like, if I'm the person, a lot of people that have told me, trust me because I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But they don't, they don't do it. There's, there's a lot of different factors that, that we have to, like, um, confront and and figure out to gain people's trust in general, and then ultimately when you have their trust, like make them feel like them some, like they're an important part of the team. Um, yeah. I know I always had um, specifically with local chapters and stuff. You know, trying to get people of color involved is is 
it's difficult as an outsider to try to tell people, hey, come to this party, do, or come to this chapter, do this and do that, if the people inside of there at the moment are not doing their part, you know, to make them feel welcome and make, make them feel like their ideas matter. Right. Um, so you, Billy, you know, you're co-chair now of the Washington County Democrats um, and the one, yeah, specifically this chapter here in Washington County. Um, what do you think is important to do locally um, to get people continuing to, to be engaged with the Washington County Democrats? And what are some some like hurdles that you've had to overcome? And I think you've been doing this now for is it a little bit over a year now? A little bit over a year and four months, I think. I know you. I know you specifically, just because I know you. I feel like you've thought about this already. <laughs> <laughs> it probably also keeps I, me up at night. I was going to say the same thing. Probably <laughs> in your bed before you go to sleep. Uh, well, I think it's. I think you're exactly right when it's. It's about trust first and foremost. Um, I. I don't think Democrats are are giving enough when they just want to be thanked for saving people and then they don't actually save anyone. Yeah. Um, I think then giving people ownership and stake. And an actual seat at the table and not a mere participatory kind of kind of relationship with with new members specifically because county parties tend to have people that have been there for a long time and they're entrenched and there's a sort of in group and an out group that sort of develops between new members and current members and I think that's something that needs to be broken down completely. Um, I feel like personally all officers in any county party ever should go through mandatory DEI training. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel as though that would probably be a step in the right direction and at least cultivating the right mindset to get new people in. Um, and then, of course, getting more young Democrats involved because I found in the young Democrats they're often the, the conscience of the Democratic Party and, and yeah. how we include people. Um, how has – I don't want to say a battle, but there's a battle between the party, but um, how have you all seen either improved or – the relationship between, you know, the older Democrats and the young Democrats? Because I know, you know, whenever I ran and stuff, there was a lot of issues just in general. And that's I think that's normal just with any organization. You know, when there's like a old guard and a, and a new new folks coming in, there's always going to be differences. Um, but you all have I feel like you all have gained respect from a lot of people in the community, specifically in progressive circles and have senior leadership and maybe maybe you feel like you're respected more. I don't know if that, if you feel that way, but what do you, do you, um, do you see is, is the relationship now between, you know, the folks in the young Democrat chapters and the folks that have been in the organization for decades? Has that improved in any way? Well, I, you know, I look at things from a statewide perspective too. So I'll, I'll let Billy take that for, you know, the local chapters. Well, I think, I think what's indicative in a local chapter could probably be applied to a lot of other counties because, you know, people are always people. Um, I think older Democrats usually fall into two camps. They are either the young people are here to save us and they're going to correct all of the mistakes of, you know, the Reagan-Bush generation. Yeah. Um, and then there are people who have the mentality of younger people shouldn't, you know, rock the boat too much or cause too much commotion or, yeah. or call out the party when it deserves to be called out. Um so I feel as though that can prevent present a barrier sometimes to, to getting your ideas through or getting the right support you need. But they always love it when young people go out to knock doors for them. So <laughs> that's one thing that we can always do. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, uh, well, um, it's unfortunate that I have to report that there are still problems in general, <laughs> as, as you said. Uh, but I, 
I am excited for the direction that the party is moving in, uh, as, you know, especially because we're in a completely different political landscape now, too, with, you know, the Dobbs decision. And I think we look at the the way Arkansas politics is right now, and we see young people, you know, they're the key to winning elections, really, is getting young people to show mm-hmm. up and vote. Or, you know, let's say they're voting for the first time and they're tw- 28 years old or something like that, making sure that they're voting our way. Yeah. I mean, that is really the path to progress in Arkansas. I can't even tell you how many elections we would win in our state house and state Senate if we just had the amount of young people that would generally support Democrats show up for them too. So I, I think there's kind of a recognition that, you know, for the party to move forward in a positive way, you need the young folks. And that's been really good. And I think that that kind of attitude of necessity, like we need you, uh, it has kind of forced the party to to kind of consider our ideas in a, in a new way and, you know, to at least want to listen at the, at the very least. And that has been really my mentality, too, as I have kind of gotten involved with the party. Uh, first county party meeting I ever went to, uh, I actually... This was a long time ago. Let me say that. This was a long time ago. But uh, members, like, if you weren't a member, you weren't allowed to speak. And I wasn't old enough to register to vote. And you had to be a registered voter to be a member in that county. They've since changed that rule. You can be, I think, 16 and join a county party now. But uh, I wasn't allowed to speak at the first county party meeting I ever went Mm. to. So I've seen things change so, so much. And I have really you know, gotten involved in every way I can. Every time mm-hmm. someone said no to me or said, don't do that, I said, okay, how can I help? Pretty much, which has not been, you know, the, the easiest thing for sure, but it has, I feel like, allowed me to build respect uh, from some of the older Democrats. And mm-hmm. it is, it, you know, they can't, they can't be mean to you if they need you. <laughs> so, <laughs> for real, for real. so that's been my mentality, really. So going back to what you said about young Democrats, you know, canvassing and doing a lot of a lot of the work that's needed to to win these races. Um, do y'all ever interact with the young Republicans at all? Like, are they doing similar work? Because I don't see them out like just the, the way that I see young Democrats. And I kind of want to know like what your interactions have been or what you've seen of them also showing up in numbers to canvas. I've never seen young Republicans out door knocking in okay. my seven I, years. Of I doing thought this. that was just me. So then this <laughs> is, this is a, a normal thing. Then it's just kind of. I think I have seen some photos on the internet. I'm not sure if they were doctor or uh, <laughs> Photoshop. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I'm not exactly sure. So the cutoff age for the young Republicans also is 41. And for wow. the young Democrats, uh, you're too old when you're 36. So it's a little bit different over there. They're actually claiming that Sarah Huckabee Sanders will be the first young Republican governor uh, when – that is they can say that Mm -hmm. you know uh so i I think that they're uh i think they're focused on different things probably that they don't feel the need to do door knocking like we feel the need to do door knocking every second of the day probably (laughs) (laughs) so do you all do you all subscribe to the idea that this is a no voting state instead of a of a red state yes absolutely Uh, and can you explain that to people that might not know what we're talking about well, if we consider that only, what, about a third of our Kansans usually show up to vote, um, that's going to usually be split between, you know, Republicans who always show up on Election Day and then voting slash non-voting Democrats. 
Um, and then there's the huge swaths of people who either aren't already registered to vote, have never been registered to vote, they've never walked into a polling place, they've been prevented by the law from walking into a polling Oof. place. Um, and so uh, that's effectively what that concept means. There are, uh, there's a small pool of voting Republicans and voting, re- dem- voting Democrats, and then there's a huge pool of non-voting people. Mm. And how have the the Young Democrats this election cycle, besides canvassing, which I know that's like the most like duh thing you have to do, right? Um, what else have have the Young Democrats done to support candidates statewide? Uh, well, uh, so uh, I think I think you know a little bit about this, Urban, or maybe actually a lot more than we do. Uh, but registering voters really, I feel like, is you know, one of the main ways that we've been able to help out, uh, specifically in places where we know we have kind of competitive state legislature races. And that's that's really been my main, our main focus in the Young Democrats this cycle is looking at those competitive state legislature races, especially ones where we have young people running and doing whatever we can to turn out the vote there. Uh, so particularly like at every different abortion protest that we heard about or that we saw being planned, we just showed up with clipboards and registered people to vote, uh, talked to every person in the crowd to make sure that they were registered, sometimes twice, <laughs> you know, uh, but it was it was just really important for us to show up to those places and it, it was amazing how many people weren't registered, like that c- clearly care about this issue. They care so much that they showed up to this protest. They were affected by the news and then they had just never voted before. Mm. And because politics is so inaccessible and because we rank very last in voter participation. So uh, registering voters at, at protests whenever they popped up, that's something that I feel like we've done uh, to help to help different state races and then texting people. Uh, so we're just texting all of the young people that we have textable phone numbers for in the van that indicate that they, we think they might be Democrats mm. and, you know, blasting out texts to them to turn out. And we did this actually in the Democratic primary too. And we're about to get started for uh, get out the vote for uh, this November election. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. And we're specifically targeting, you know, these races where we have young people running, specifically Michael Ankton, who's running in Arkadelphia. That's mm. a, that's a Biden, Biden won his JP seat. So if we can turn out the vote there for him, like, you know, it would have been in a presidential year. It's very, very possible that he can flip this JPC. Mm. He's currently our vice president of colleges for the Young Democrats. Too. Oh, OK. So that would be incredible. And then uh, Allison Grigsby Sweatman, who's running in seriously the most competitive state Senate seat. She is a Young Democrat, too. Mm. And so it's so incredibly important that we turn out young people to vote for other young people. Mm-hmm. And I, more than anything, too, saying to people, I, you know, if I don't know where they fall on the political spectrum, like, do you want your state senator or state representative to know how to use the Internet? Because we should elect more (laughs) young people that know how to use the Internet and can, you know, can find the information that they need to make good decisions, really. That's interesting. And that's 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 super important. You know, the fact that that there are people you know, that might not know how to use those still that <laughs> need to. But um, <laughs> go, going back to the, to the Young Democrats, do you all receive national support uh, from the, the Young Democrats uh, national chapter? Any, and what does that support look like, if there is any? Y'all are looking at each other for some reason. <laughs> like, is it kind of, are resources kind of like uh, difficult to, to get a hold of? Yeah. So uh, the Young Democrats of America, we are a charter, we are, a charter chapter of the Young Democrats of America and the College Democrats of America and the High School Democrats of America. So 
uh, and actually our, um, the vice president of the College of Democrats of America is actually from Arkansas. Her name is Aaliyah Rowe. She just recently got elected. I'm mm. so excited for her. Uh, she used to be the A-State Young Dems president. So uh, they're kind of, you know, getting restarted after COVID as well. And then uh, our high school Democrats of America, uh, actually our, their red state coordinator is Drew Dillman, who's our VP of high schools and the Young Democrats of Arkansas. So we have representation in both of these groups. And then uh, the Young Democrats of America, it's, they do provide some sort of support to candidates, but mm. uh, and I have attended a couple of their meetings, but you know we haven't re- received what I would call you know su- support mm-hmm. from them directly. And I think there's a lot that could be done there to support different young Democrats chapters. Um, and I think about the way that we fund political packs, or you know uh, how we how we give money to you know some groups that aren't aren't perhaps doing as much work as we'd like to see them do, like people that just run digital ads or something like that mm. and it's just like invest in your young democrats chapters locally mm. invest national organizations invest in your young democrats chapters locally and you'll see results like you would you won't even believe uh because we're willing to actually go do the work so you know as far as national organizations i think that's something that they definitely want to do but it's hard to get people to invest in young people in politics because mm-hmm. even though they say that that's what we need uh they still feel like you know perhaps we don't know enough uh, or, you know, we're not ready to receive this kind of financial investment, uh, even though we've been doing this for a while at this point. It's been like seven years, <laughs> seven years that we've been organizing. Longer for some reason. It's, yeah. like it's been longer. Um, and you were also doing uh, digital content work for the Democratic Party of Arkansas, Micah. Can you talk a little bit about what that work consisted of? And what you did? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I was actually hired to work for the Democratic Party of Arkansas on January 6th. Uh, uh, I think I remember you putting an announcement on Twitter or something like that on the uh, day of. Right. So, uh, you know, a, a day that will live in infamy, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I was uh, I, I was just really, really pleased with it, being given that opportunity. And for I'm absolutely willing to talk trash about Democrats, you know, mm. if they're not doing the right thing. Uh, but I am also a big believer if if, you know, if something's wrong, then I you know, I, instead of being a naysayer, I want to go fix it. Or yeah. like, I want to be able to contribute my talents to make it better. Mm-hmm. So that that was a really wonderful opportunity. And I still actually do uh, some work for the Democratic Party too. And I'm just so pleased with kind of the direction that things are moving in. And working for the party during the legislative session was certainly very interesting. You know, watching mm-hmm. all of that up close and getting to kind of see the personalities in the legislature was, uh, you know, eye-opening. It it is, it is worse than I had ever thought. And yeah. that only just makes me more encouraged to organize for Democrats in Arkansas. Any time that I've gone down to Little Rock to just, whether it being for like an important vote or something, and I, and I see the way people interact or some of the comments they make, I ask myself, man, like 45,000 or 40,000 a year is not enough for this, <laughs> for this job. Like, oh, it's yeah. stressful, specifically if you're a progressive. And I know that you all know that. I'm preaching to the choir when I'm talking to you two, but <laughs> the folks that are listening might not know that, you know, it's difficult to get uh, progressive laws passed just in general because not, the majority is, of course, conservative. But at the same time, it's just, you know, why haven't we passed automatic voter registration or online voter registration, all these right. good things that seem common sense that it's important to get as many people registered as possible, but that becomes a problem for some folks because if more people are registered, then more people will have a voice. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of things, a, a lot of times people don't know, too, that dem- that is what Democrats are fighting for, too. Yeah. Dave, David Whitaker put a 
put a bill like that in in the legislative session. He put forth a bill that would be it, that would do automatic voter registration, and you know it didn't pass because yeah. of the Republican supermajority. Which, if that doesn't tell you that they don't want you to register and they don't want you to vote, then I don't I don't know what will because it's just so disappointing. How have y'all been? Have y'all already? Uh, y'all have y'all have, you, have y'all gotten to vote yet? I did. You know, I haven't voted like yet. yet. Um, I've I struggled with a lot of these. Well, not with the not with all the issues, but with I struggled with issue four. Oh yeah. Um, and even even today, after I voted, I'm I'm still thinking like, man, did I did I make the right decision <laughs> by by how I voted? And these ads that you see on like YouTube, I was watching some YouTube videos, and I would just get a random ad from issue two and issue four. Um, so I definitely recommend people to really read and ask for advice from folks, you know, in the community so that they can fully understand, you know, what these issues are about. But candidate-wise, um, I know that you all know a lot of the candidates that are running for office. Is there any any specific that you all are excited about, that you all have been excited um, during this election cycle, any candidates in, in particular? Well, of course, I'm excited to watch Chris Jones beat Sarah Sanders. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. But also Kelly Kraut running for lieutenant governor. She's mm-hmm. really cool. She's a social worker. I always feel like we need more social workers involved in politics. I feel yeah. like if society were ran by social workers instead of bankers, it would be much better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, vote Kelly Kraut and Chris Jones for sure. And you're wearing a Josh Moody shirt. Too. Oh, yes. Josh Moody is also <laughs> running for Washington County Judge. Uh, against Patrick Deacons, who should never be elected county judge. (laughs) (laughs) Shots fired. Shots fired. What about you, you, Micah? Oh, there are so many races I'm just so excited about. Uh, And uh, ranging from, like, defending our incumbents that we really need to send back to the state house uh, and, you know, state senate uh, to kind of challenger races that are really, really interesting. Uh, I... Allison Grigsby Swetman, someone that I mentioned before, really the most competitive state Senate seat, and her her opponent uh, sponsored the abortion bill that uh, bans abortion in all cases, uh, pretty much. Uh, and she was against raising teacher pay during the special session too. So we, we got some, you know, we have some really really great candidates, and then some just terrible incumbents that are running. So uh, who's the, the incumbent in that race? Jane English. Okay. So, uh, so that's over there in North Little Rock, uh, and then up up here in NWA, as I just mentioned, David Whitaker. Uh, I think it's so important that we send him back to the state house too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, you know, he's he is willing to put forth the bills that we need to see, even if sometimes he feels like, uh, you know, the Republican supermajority is intimidating. Uh, yeah. Which I'm really really grateful for. And then in Faulkner County, there's some really really important races to watch as well. Uh, David Barber, who's running against Mark Johnson. Uh, Mark Johnson, you might remember him as the senator that got in trouble because he he helped Alan Clark uh, steal taxpayer money, mm. actually. Uh, and that's a, an incredibly important uh, state Senate race, too. Uh, d- so David Barber, and he's actually in a district that overlaps with Representative Stephen McGee. Mm. Uh, Doc McGee, optometrist, uh, who we got to send back to the state house, too. That's a really, really competitive election. And then all across the state, there's some just really, really exciting races. You got Shanoa Summers up there in northeast Arkansas, once again a young Democrat who's mm-hmm. running against Dan Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And you know, in, in northeast Arkansas, Craighead County, uh, the the millage proposal that they're trying to do to defund the Craighead County Public Library mm-hmm. is just 
you know, that is something to watch mm-hmm. for sure to see if, if that goes through. Uh, and I, I really do feel like Dan Sullivan is such a toxic force, both in the state Senate and both in Craighead County. So I'm, I'm Chinoa's district is a really tough one, but I'm excited to see what progress she makes there. Um, and then, of, of course, uh, Ashley Hudson's race. Mm-hmm. Ashley Hudson has been such a great defender of a woman's right to choose, of Arkansas's right to choose, that it's so important that we elect her again to the state house. So I know that's a lot of them. I could I could really just keep going <laughs> on too, but uh, it, this is going to be such an important election. I really really hope Democrats pull through. And I I, I know this isn't like a Democrat Republican race. Uh, Billy, you been helping out Sarah Moore also is running for Fayetteville City Council. Yes, a nonpartisan race. Uh, yes. My second nonpartisan race this year. Oh. Um, Yes. Uh, it's starting to make me feel as though every election should probably be nonpartisan. <laughs> but then we wouldn't have the Democratic Party anymore. Right. So got to yeah. pick and choose. Um, so, yes, uh, that race is interesting because both of the candidates are liberal leaning, which is a very rare thing in Arkansas yeah. specifically. Um, obviously, I will be supporting the progressive candidate, Sarah Moore. Uh, mm-hmm. I think she's d- very deserving of people's votes. Yeah, she was here last week. I think it was last week. We interviewed her last week. Um, And we've been, well, just because of my work with the Bell Project, we've kind of uh, intersected in the work that we do because she does a lot of criminal justice work um, too. Um, And um, I've seen how she's helped out a lot of community members most of the time behind the scenes. People don't, won't really see the work that she's done. Um, I definitely think that, that she should win this race and hopefully she does. I think she'll do a lot of good uh, in that position. Uh, for me specifically, in regards to like uh, non, I guess, uh, well, actually partisan uh, races, um, Diana Gonzalez Worthen is for me the most exciting one because she's going to be my state rep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and two, because of what it means historically, you know, to have a Latina person um, be in the state house, you know, someone that's actually, they didn't just come out of nowhere and just ran for office. She's been working in the community for like 30 something years you know ever since i started getting involved she had already had decades of work already uh, in the community with uh, one community the hispanic women's organization that she helped start that's now uh, a big thing in our state that does a lot of good work um so i'm just and she lives like seven minutes away from where i live we're literally (laughs) almost like neighbors um so having her you know win or just just even have her run and, and seeing everything full circle because she ran before me. When I ran, she was probably one of my biggest supporter, if not my biggest supporter outside of my family. Wow. Um, and, and having now her be in this position where she's running for the office that I'm pretty sure she's gonna win based on the numbers and stuff and the hard work that she's put in um, is super exciting for me to see. You know? And also getting to know a lot of these folks, you know, like Chris Jones and Kelly Kraut, um, and uh, and Josh Moody, you know, Josh Moody has also been out in the community. I see him knocking doors all the time around my neighborhood, around my neighborhood. Um, so he's put in the work. He listens to people, too, which I think is, is the most important thing and is very empathetic. Um, and his opponent, you know, just misses debates all the time. And forms. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a lot of the work that, that y'all are doing um, and that y'all have done, you know, I feel like it's. It was like a seed that's continuing to grow. And I'm seeing all these younger people get involved now, like super young people. And I'm like, wow, you know, this is this is a part of, of the work that y'all helped build, you know, and the folks before you. And, and I'm also very appreciative that y'all kind of 
go into um, spaces that necessarily are not democratic spaces, but are spaces of folks that need some sort of help. And they all are always there supportive, supporting them and, and trying to see how what resources you can provide. So I just wanted to say thank you for everything that y'all do. Oh, well, thank you, Urban. And uh, I didn't know that Diana ran before you. Mm-hmm. She ran in 2000, first in 2006, 2008, and then 2012, I believe. So she's been, you know, she ran for state representative first and then for state senate and now full circle state representative. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, you know, when she gets elected, uh, we can all have a big celebration. You know, not only history, but just the history aside, a good person is going to be elected that cares about people yeah. and that has been involved in the community. For me, it's like she literally checks everything that I want in a representative. Yeah. Um, but um, thank you both for being here. I appreciate you all making the time. Micah, thank you for driving down here. Um, and uh, early in the morning, I'm not sure at what time you left North Little Rock. What time did you leave? Like at nine, right? You texted me? Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, I guess let's leave, let's leave this episode on a super positive note. Uh, maybe talk, can you all talk, each, each one of you, about something um, that you're looking forward to, to doing in the community or with, either with whatever organization you're a part of or in politics just in general, something that you would like to see? happen um, in this space? Any kind of goals that you all have? Well, uh, as I've said before, I do a lot of work with housing justice. Um, and specifically, I'm a tenant organizer. So I'm really hopeful in uh, organizing some of the renters here in Fayetteville specifically. I think that we've managed to turn around a few minds on the Fayetteville City Council. And I think that eventually we could be looking at some ordinances to change the way code enforcement will enforce uh, against these bad landlords, especially in East Fayetteville and South Fayetteville. And I feel like that's something that we can use as a test for other cities around the state. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to helping and, and working, collaborating with Fayetteville officials to do that. Well, uh, I, uh, it's been a long year. Everyone on the podcast can imagine me uh, taking a drag out of a fake cigarette right now because it's <laughs> been such a long year. Uh, and I kind of have this, like, wall up in a way i mean i know that life and time will exist after november 8th but i'm not really ready to conceptualize that yet Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna say that i'm just really really ready for november 8th to come and for there to be like a an excellent night of sleep that i will get and then (laughs) after that for for all of us you know to know what what's politics going to look like for the next year because that's when we can really start planning i think too is once we know like is is diana going to be in the state house like what is it going to look like to to be a person that's interested in politics in arkansas next year and then during the legislative session how are we going to fight back in the most effective way that we can or how are Mm. we going to organize or pass bills you know uh, we have so much opportunity and I'm I'm really really excited for the for the road ahead especially with the new districts you know it's like we're locked in for the next 10 years of organizing and you know we're going to keep losing in Arkansas until we get enough people sick and tired of losing in Arkansas yeah. to to win and mm-hmm. you know I feel like the path to win it started yesterday and it started like 2 years ago but it really starts November 9th. And just that con- that continued kind of more sustainable organizing that happens after the election and th- during the legislative session, that's really what I'm looking forward to is creating a fully fleshed out strategy for how we make things better in Arkansas because that's it's going to come. It's going to mm-hmm. happen. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just really, really hopeful for the future. 
Definitely, definitely. Folks, if you haven't voted yet, we have until November 8th um, to vote. Early voting has already begun. The information is, is available. If you live in Washington County, well, if you live in any county, if you go to the to the uh, county website, usually they have already the early voting schedules there with locations and everything. So just make sure you show up to vote. Make sure you take your family out to vote, too. Every vote counts. There's been races that have been won either by one or two votes or sometimes 37 in Springfield. <laughs> um, so yeah. please show up to vote and vote for, for the candidates that I'm not asking you to vote down the ballot Democrat. I'm asking you to, to look at the people that are there that are empathetic. I relate a little bit more to the folks that are that are in the Democratic Party because of their values and because of the people that I've met and understand who, who know who they are as individuals. But do your own research. Go on their Facebook Go on their websites. Uh, your vote is important, and I know that's very cliche to say, but it is because it makes a difference specifically locally. So, um, Billy, Micah, thank you all for, for, for coming here today. I really appreciate you all just in general as human beings, uh, but also, you know, the work that you do and uh, the systematic change that you all are helping create. To everybody listening, that was episode 155 of the District 3 podcast. My name is Irvin. Go vote.